Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Hope your Wednesday's going great. We do have a lot of Bears talk, as we always do, but we've uh, we've talked a ton about the quarterbacks, and we'll continue to do that. There's some good stuff today on ESPN.com. Bigsy's got some stuff about um, what he's hearing uh, from the franchise. He's usually uh, spot on with most of his assertions. Yeah, yeah, he was with Matt Eberflus. He was one of the first that I heard. Uh, the tea leaves, that's usually code. What, it, what it, The tea leaves were that he was reading, said Matt Eberflus would be back, and he was right. Um, he had something like that today in his mailbag in the Trib, um, and a word on the Trib in a little bit, too. Um, but I want to talk a little about, about the Bulls. Um, a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little just bit. A little bit. And, like, I wish we, we, I wish we could, and, and I wish there was a reason to talk more Bulls. You know how I feel about this team. Uh, I go way back with the Bulls as a guy who used to go to the Chicago Stadium with my grandfather back in the 70s, well before Michael Jordan. I, I watched a lot of bad Bulls teams. Well, welcome to uh, welcome to the past. But now it, it feels like, they, again, like they're just... They're just not even trying again. I don't know like what, what, my, what Michael Reinsdorf is thinking. Um, I don't, like, you know... I've got a couple fundamental mottos, like, what's the plan is one of them. I want to know what the plan is. Like, what are you doing? Are you going to sell if you sell? Uh, are you starting over again if you stay? Okay. If you stay, what's the plan? To play in? Um, they're like, firmly attached to the numbers, what, number nine seed at this point. Yeah. Like, you're you're doing exactly, this is like, a rerun. Remember the the old rerun days when you used to go, tune in to network TV back in the eighties, and you didn't know what episode was going to be on, and you would tune in at seven or eight o'clock for your favorite show, and then you would turn on ABC, and you'd be like, "Oh, it's a rerun. I've seen this episode." You know, it wasn't a new episode. Well, speaking of that, like last night's game was a rematch of last year's nine and ten seeds in the Eastern Conference. The Bulls were the number nine seed, and Toronto was the number ten seed. Right, and you didn't have the the shouty Demar Derozan daughter no. there on the free throws. But but like uh, Toronto is actually trying to rebuild here on the fly. They've gotten rid of some of their players. They have made some trades, but. They're they're rerunning last year's season. Like at best, they're a playing team. At best, they're getting into the first round of the playoffs to lose what? At best 4-1. Probably they're not even going to make the first round of the postseason and then they'll do what they did last year where they'll lose the first of a play-in and then they'll win the first and lose the second like what what are you doing here what is what what's the goal here and demar's a free agent zach's a highly overpaid player that no one wants on the trade market alex caruso is probably the guy that you can get the most for but darnell mabry said today on the athletic that the that he's hearing that the bulls don't have any plans to trade anybody 
Vooch, you just resigned for what? I don't know. Like, wh- what do you? What do you? What's the goal here? Like, at least Ryan Poles. Like, that's what I like. What the Bears did. You don't agree with everything they're doing, but Ryan Poles tore it down to build a, a, a division contender and it, hopefully a championship football team. To me, it appears like as long as they're in the top ten. And they're assured of at least playing in the play-in and could possibly get themselves a first-round series where you could put some butts in the seats in the UC. They're happy with that. Well, I don't know how I could come to any other conclusion. Yeah, that's a shame, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's not good enough. Do you want some numbers? Um, since Jimmy Butler, the Bulls have played 513 games. I, I said this. I gave this to Tyler. Meller, you can guess, too. Tyler knows. Waddle, uh, this is for you. The Bulls have played 513 games since they traded Jimmy Butler. Okay? So they made the clear path that they wanted to rebuild. That was, we're, 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 we're trading with uh, the Timberwolves. It's not good enough. We're a 500 team with Wade, with Butler. We're trading Jimmy. And we're going to go in the, we're going to rebuild, hopefully to, to then build it back up with draft picks and uh, hopefully build a, a, a much better contending team. And that was almost a decade ago, believe it or not. What, eight, nine years ago? 513 games. 513 games. How many games under 500 are the Bulls? How many games under 500? Uh, oh, you, that, that's I was going to say that maybe they were a game or two above 500. I was doing the math. I was going to give you... 258 and 255 as their record at that time. I'll flip it around. I'll say they're three games under 500. They're 255 and 230 or 58. What do you think, Maller? No, but I feel like they've been, uh, you know, they've been hovering around 500 since. Have they really? They've never, what they have that one. I guess they had that one year, but I felt like the first couple years without Jimmy Butler weren't good. I'm going to say they're 10 games under 500. Uh, the Bulls are, are nearly 100 games under 500 Ooh, wow. since they've traded Jimmy Butler. Shame on you, Michael Reinsdorf. The Bulls are 210 and 303 since they traded Jimmy. Now, obviously, wow. they went through those rebuilding years where they had all those seven overall picks. They, That's had, true. That, they had that one year where they were 46 and 36, but it's just. Like yesterday when I, I tweeted, I said they are they are bad and they are boring. This front office is no good with no plan. And it, it's sad to watch this team right now. There's no intrigue. They're not fun. There's nothing exciting about them. And like I'll get an occasional blowback saying, Sylvie, you just you want to fire guys or Sylvie, you're so negative. Like, how can I not be negative where my favorite basketball team in nearly a decade, has gone two ten in three oh three. This is a basketball loving town that wants to grab a hold of something and, and root for them. During the game yesterday, I tweeted. I gave it a thirty minute time limit in the fourth quarter. They had a sixteen point lead against the Raptors, and I, I tweeted, "Are you watching the Bulls game?" Keep in mind, I'm tweeting to people who follow my Twitter handle, who are A, Chicago sports fans, and many of which live in the Chicago market. So it's not like I'm tweeting to a lot of people who are 
out of town or you have most, a target audience. Yes, we're not like you like to say. We're not. I'm not t- tweeting to the farming community. I'm. T- it's it's a Tuesday night in the middle of the winter. It's the fourth quarter of a, a basketball game that is undecided right now. And it was like with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. So I put a 30-minute time limit on it. So that way you could not vote when the game was over to simply say no after the game was over. I got over 2,000 people voting in that 30 minutes. What percentage of people do you believe said no, they were not watching the Bulls game? No, I'm not watching the Bulls game. 73%. 79% said they were not watching the They're Bulls game. They're not compelling. Not compelling. Why, why, you know, I mean, even if you're a diehard fan, it's hard to watch this team. They're always going to be on one of my televisions. They were on one of my televisions, but I was watching a television series on Apple TV that had my attention. That was on TV One? Yeah. And then I mean, the Bulls I'm on not, TV Two. The Bulls are normally, right, especially at this time, where, you know, there's this is kind of a dead time. If you're not watching Bulls basketball here in town, what are you watching? You know, there's no, obviously, the, the, you're in the postseason and the Super Bowl is a week from Sunday. This is prime get your basketball on time. And no, I, and, and I watch, I, and I, they were up 16 or 17 points. And, and at this point, I'm wondering, this is serious. My thought is how many they're going to lose by. It's almost like you're playing a mental game. Like, if in fact they don't hold on to this, how, what would you predict they will lose by if they... And I would have never had predicted the final score was going to be what it was. And they're such a... Toronto's such a bad team. And they, were, and they were shorthanded. Yeah. And it's in Chicago. Scotty Barnes was not good last night. And they are a team that has basically kicked the can down the road at this point, right? Yeah, because they traded Siakam. Right. I mean, so traded like... Traded Anobi. Yep. With the Knicks. I mean that's a team that shouldn't beat you. And, and RJ by the way, Barrett was out last night. With the when is when is the trade deadline? February eighth. Yes, February eighth. So the Bulls are probably thinking to themselves upstairs in their office. Okay, before we play Toronto, we're twenty two and twenty five. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna take on Toronto at home. We're gonna beat Toronto because they're in rebuild mode. We'll be twenty three and twenty five, and then we'll go to Charlotte. That team sucks. So we're gonna be twenty four and twenty five. We're gonna be hovering right around five hundred. Then we've got Sacramento and Minnesota, but those games are at home, and we'll play okay. They probably had visions of being a game under five hundred, like the Lakers. Hey, we're the Lakers, <laughs> and we're going to be able to tell you we're right in it right now. And the first thing they do is is they kick an 18-point, 16-17, 18-point lead against Toronto. They're not. No, it's... Uh, so, what are your thoughts? Do you care about this team at all? Have you given up on this team? And then I want to get your thoughts on this. I love Kendall Gill. Jason Goff does a great job on NBC Sports Chicago. It's a good television it, program. It is. They do such an entertaining pre- and post-game show. I don't understand, though, what their infatuation is with Zach Levine. And this is coming from a reformed Zach Levine fan. I was a guy who was pro. I used to argue with, with, with Friedel, with Black Abdallah about this, that Zach Levine is worth the contract. He's I young. Was, he's athletic. I was in the same camp. Uh, like, what are you going to, you can't let him walk. You got to sign him. He's improving every year. Yep. His shooting percentage is three. He's even a, a, looks to be a, somebody that's a willing defender at times as well. He's at least trying on the defensive end. 
So these are not two guys who have been Zach haters. These are two guys who have been pro-Zach guys who have now watched Zach just not be consistent, not be a winner. And this, this was Kendall Gill last night again, and he's done this a couple of different times on the post-game show and this after the loss yesterday. You know, they, they know how to win. Okay, that's why I'm surprised this. And, you know, all the people talking about, you know, we need to trade Zach Levine. Let me tell you, man. Zach Levine, had he been in this game against the Phoenix Suns? Had he been in the game against this Toronto Raptors team? Had he been in the game the other night against the Portland Trailblazers? These games aren't even close, okay, because Zach Levine is going to provide us with that scoring. Last six minutes, what the way, we didn't, we didn't even score a field goal. No, it wasn't a field goal made for six field goal minutes made. and 34 seconds. Okay, so so all the people screaming about, you know, trade Zach this night, you, you better think about that. Yeah, he's got a very marketable, better think about marketable it. skill. Let put, me tell you. Putting the ball in the hole. When I went to Charlotte Hornets, uh-huh. okay, they draft Larry, uh, my, my rookie year, it was tough, okay? When they drafted Larry Johnson, I'm like, oh, it's a lot easier. For, it's a lot easier. Buckets. When the next year, they draft Alonzo Martin. Oh, it's real easy now. Right. Right. Okay? Now you got Dale Curry on the other side. You got Johnny Newman and all these guys that can score. You want as many scores on that floor as you can possibly get. And when all of you guys get in sync, now it's tough to beat you. Mm-hmm. Okay? So be careful what you wish for. Do I have this Do I have this right? It, is my math right? I'm looking at Zach. He's played... He's played in how many? 25 games. Yes. In those games, they're 8-15. and 15. I have the records. The Bulls this year, because I wanted to include this, like be careful what you wish for. This year, the Bulls are 10-15 and 15 with Zach Levine, and they're 12-11 and 11 without him. They still have a better record without, without him than with him. I, I, I would say to Kendall Gill, A, th- that stat. B, there are all these winning teams who need a player to go forward in the postseason. And if Zach Levine is so good, there would be a market for Zach Levine to do what Jason Goff said, the marketable skill of putting the ball in the hoop. Nobody wants him. No, the Lakers don't want him. The Sixers don't want him. The Heat don't want him. None of the winning teams want Zach Levine. You can stand up for him on the hometown broadcast. And you can yell at the fans. And you can say the good old days on the Charlotte Hornets. And I respect you, Kendall Gill. You were a great basketball player. And you'll know way more about basketball than I ever will. But the fact of the matter is, there is no market... For Zach Levine right now. The Bulls are better when he's not in the lineup. That's a fact. That's what the record He's says. one of the losingest players in NBA history when he's on the court. These are all facts. If he was so good, LeBron and the Lakers would be calling the Bulls and they would say, get us Zach Levine now. He is, he is right now, we'd be buying low. We can get him for a song. Nobody wants him. And this was, like, we always would say, even if he doesn't take that next step, you're still going to be able to trade him. 
You know, so that was one of the arguments about signing him to a max deal. Even if it doesn't work out the way that we all hope and he doesn't continue to, to, to progress and, and be the player that we think he can be, you're going to be able to trade him. They're not able to trade him. And, and last night against the Raptors, I mean, you could talk about filling up the basket. And Zach can score. Your problem last night is the Raptors with a team that doesn't look anything like the, the team that they've been in the last several years. Shot 52% from the field, 48% from, from three, and 90% from the free throw line. So you shot 52%, 48%. Like, stop somebody. Like, I mean, you, you, their problem last night was is you couldn't keep the Raptors from filling it up. How is Zach on the floor going to help you on that front? Because he's, he's not, not a plus defender. Yeah, and that's another reason why nobody wants him. And the inconsistency. He had a good game. What was it? Well, I got up. I'm looking to pull it up now. He had a good game against the Raptors last year, right? In the first playing game. What was his game against Miami when they needed him to win that game as their top player? To get into the postseason. You want him to lead you to playoff series win. And I believe Zach Levine in his entire NBA career, I believe he's won one playoff game. Not one playoff series. One In all the years he's ever played in the NBA, he's won one playoff game. And we're yelling on the postgame show about Bulls fans are going to be sorry that be careful what you wish for. I'm my my goal as a Bulls fan is not for a 40 win team, is not for a playing game existence, is not for a first round exit. I look, I, I'm I'm looking. Uh, give me the Tibbs years again, for goodness sake. Give me a second-round appearance in the playoffs. Against Toronto last year, you're right, he scored 39 points. He had a great game. Two days later against Miami, he shot 6 of 21 from the field, 0 for 6 from behind the three-point line. He had four rebounds, two assists, turned the ball over five times, and had 15 total points. That's Zach Levine in a nutshell. The whole narrative, too, about Zach Levine is, in terms of why he's not a tradable asset, too, is he has to be a win-because-of player. Have you seen his numbers in wins versus losses this year? In wins, he's averaging 15.5 points per game. In losses, he's averaging 22. His three-point percentage in wins is 28%. That is an unplayable percentage. That's why you can't trade him. And, and in losses, he's shooting 38%. Like, he is the most empty calorie scorer yes, yes. that you will find. And I, I raged against that for yeah, some. Black, Black used to say that. Black was right on, on uh, like, Black's been right on a few things. I'm not saying these are the only two things. Black was right on Tony Romo. He was the first one. And Black was right on Zach Levine. And, and who is the player who was paired with Steph Curry in the early years of the Warriors. Monte Ellis. He is Monte Ellis. I raged against that comparison early in Zach Levine's career. Look at the scoring numbers of Monte Ellis. Monte Ellis never won a thing. Zach Levine is Monte Ellis. Yeah, Monte Ellis could shoot the three, too. Yeah, like he was, he, like, but, but when, when, as soon as the team was ready to win, Monte Ellis was gone off that team. I thought he could shoot the three. His career average from the three was three, uh, 32%. Yeah. Like, like again, perception yeah. versus what he really was as a player. 
22 what, points a game or something like that. I think what you meant to say is he took a lot of took threes. Took a lot of threes. That's right, Mel. And that was before threes. That was before Steph had really been yeah. given the green light to shoot 10 per game. It's just, like, these are the dog days right now, you know? And I, all I want to, like, I, I, would, I would just take turning on the Bulls game to be entertained. And, like, Mike, under Michael Reinsdorf, since he's taken over... I can't even get get that. I can't even get a good halftime bull celebration under Michael. I want a good oh, a, a Bulls team being built. I don't know what AK's doing. AK like he's doing at, nothing. At, yeah, That's every off season he's asleep at the wheel. Every trade deadline asleep at the wheel. And now February eighth, according to Darnell Mabry, it sounds like. Snoozing again. We're just gonna go in and hope to get into the play-in. What a what a miserable existence as a Bulls fan who just craves some basketball. Mm. 312-332-3776. Like one more number, then we could move on. Um but I gave you the numbers two ten and three oh threes since trading Jimmy. That surprises me. I think this is even more like of an indictable offense. Since the Bulls are 46 and 36, the Bulls are 62 and 68. So here they are, like, on the doorstep of building a decent team, and they'll always cite Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball. But at that time when they were 46 and 36, they knew Lonzo was hurt, and they knew he was hurt badly. So they knew they had moves to make. They could have made moves, and they could have improved that team for the better. They were coming off a 4-1 loss to the Bucks. Instead of getting better, they just ran it back two off-seasons in a row to the point of being a team that's 6 under 500. 6 under. It's crazy. After being a 10 over 500 team. That's that's in my opinion worse even than what they were under Jimmy but since Jimmy but they're both bad. But but when you were on the brink of having a decent team and adding to it like the Heat like to do, like the Lakers like to do, at least they try. It doesn't always work, but at least a lot of these teams try. The Celtics are always adding. What's the rationale over there for not doing anything? Don't I know. don't get it. Don't know. I don't get it. Like Andre Drummond, come on down. You know, like that's what they do. Who's the guard who was over the hill that they added a year ago? The Pat point. Bev. Pat Bev. No, uh, well, Pat Bev was oh, at the... Oh, Dragic. Dragic. We're going to sign Drummond and Dragic. Those were their two big ads. This year, it's Carter, right? Like, those are their big ads. No trades of creativity. Jim and Kankakee, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jim? Well, first of all, I think the Jimmy? Oh. Hold on. Let, oh. Let's get your cell phone cleared up. That's not a cell phone. I don't know what that is, but that ain't a cell phone. Tom, he's underwater. Talking into a cup with a string. Tom on 55. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Tom? Not much. Uh, I'm not talking from a string in a cup, but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, there's a common theme, and you guys just ranted about about uh, the Bulls and Michael Reinsdorf, and you could apply a lot of those same mistakes and maybe way of thinking to just about every sports owner in this city. Uh, it seems that it's it's kind of fluctuated over the years. Certain teams are in the bottom, and then other ones kind of leapfrog the other ones in terms of 
whether or not they're good or they might make the playoffs. The Cubs at least look like they're headed in the right direction. They were, you know, they almost made the playoffs last year, but they still haven't made a real big free agent splash, and they seem like they're scared to sign a big-name free agent because of the Jason Hayward situation. The Blackhawks, are, you know, had that scandal uh, last year or a couple of years ago, so they got their own issues. And then the Bulls, White Sox, and Bears – yeah, but Tom, I, Tom, I would argue that the Bears have picked a lane. Like the Bears, yeah. there was a time with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, and, and where like they were putting band aids on head wounds, and they were ignoring that the team needed to rebuild. Ryan Poles looked at this team and said, "Guys, we're not getting to where we're going to go with this group," and he decided two years ago to tear it down. And I think we were all in agreement that that was the right move. So I would say, Tom, that they've actually shown you that they've picked a lane, and they are actually going emphatically in one direction. Now, whether or not Ryan Poles is able to seal the deal and continue to make really good decisions is yet to be determined. But I would say to you that as a Bears fan, for me, I'm thrilled they picked a lane. I That was going to be my next point. Oh, was I'm sorry. My bad. Are, are we going to – oh, no, that's okay. Um, was going to be, hey, if this doesn't come through again, you know, it, it – Bears rebuild false. I mean, there as Chicago sports fans, I feel like we're stuck with a collective group of owners that are only meant for mom and pop shops. But we're a big business city. We're a top three market, and we don't seem to have a lot of a lot of pep in our step collectively. If that makes sense. Well, it does make sense. And and I would say, if you look at the White Sox, they when you're Highest priced free agent signing in the history of your franchise is Andrew Benintendi for what? Five years, 75 million? Yeah, somewhere around there. As a big market team, you're swimming in the shallow end. There's very little self awareness with both Reinsdorf teams. You know what I mean? There's very, like, like, there's no awareness from AK. Where is it? Like, I, there doesn't seem to be an interest either for them to, to, communicate with the fan base and kind of keep you if you've got a plan we all may think it's no plan but at the very least if you would step to the microphone more frequently and enunciate really what your thoughts are at the very least maybe you could connect with bulls like right now bulls fans are just out there floating at sea it sucks yeah i mean your team stinks and there's no definite explanation for where you're headed and there's a lot of people like me who just want a team to enjoy yeah, you know, and, and like that's such a low bar too, because this is Chicago, and we should be like, like, what did Barkley say with us? Barkley said the Bulls are irrelevant, and if this was Boston, oh, yeah. they'd be burning the or building Philly. down. They, he, what did he, he said? They'd be burning the building yeah. down. Yeah, they, like if this was Boston, and and they they fed those fans a team like this. And did it year after year? Where's 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 Fred? Where's C Red Fred at? I thought he was selling us renewed hope a couple of weeks ago. Don't tempt him to call. Uh Johnny in Albany Park, you're on ESPN one thousand. What's up, Johnny? Hey, what's up, dudes? Um, throwing it at you. Uh the the malaise of the Bulls um as of recent. Would you think it was more a waste the wasted years that we've had DeMar? Or um the prospect that Donovan didn't pan out as a coach? Because when we got both of them they were, it was very exciting. And which one was the, the bigger bust, um, in your opinion? I don't think DeMar's been a bust. 
I think. Well, I mean, okay. you're, you're, you're right. He's not a bust. But what, what do you think was more of wasted? Did we waste the years where Demar's here, or did we waste the years that DeRozan? Look, uh, look DeRozan, I'm not. I'm not a basketball expert, Johnny. I, I probably had an inflated view of of Billy Donovan. Me too. That's what I was. Maybe say. I'm. You know, maybe maybe I had a little bit too high a, a thought of of who he was as a coach, but. That that's my view. That like at least Demar gave us that one really really good year. Lamar, uh, Lamar, Demar is a a really good basketball player. Now we can have the argument whether or not he can be your best player and how far you're going to go on a team where he's your best player. Not anymore. Yeah, right. he's but he's a good basketball player. You just can't ask him to be the reason why you're winning significantly more games than you're not. They're going to keep it's him. Not his role. I. I don't know. They don't talk he's over there. A, he's a free agent. David and Whiting, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, David? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, you know, with this Bulls team, I I just I think after that first year when we got Lonzo Ball and Caruso and we were rolling. I think we started off ten and one, and uh, our defense was great with Caruso. Uh, Lonzo Ball got hurt, and we just went down and Donovan Donovan couldn't get everyone together again. I think drafting uh Patrick Williams was a big mistake. I think giving up on Lori Markinen, big mistake. I just think the AK he failed. I just we, we just gotta admit it. Zach Levine was, was who we thought he was. I quote the great Dennis Green, rest in peace. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Uh, we needed a big man, I remember, uh, a couple seasons ago. We passed on all the big men. We had all the outside guys, and we needed a big man to defend inside. They did nothing. Just like right now, they're doing nothing. They're standing pat. The Sox and the Bulls are the same team in yep. different sports. Same I'm going to hang right. up and listen to you guys. And that's no coincidence. Look, I, I was some, I, I've been guilty of a couple of things. And again, I've I, been a Bulls fan for a long time. A, I also believe that Zach was capable of taking that next step. And I'm also somebody that believes, and I said it at the time, while Lonzo Ball's not your best player, you could argue he's your most important player. He was somebody that was, was, had become an accomplished three-point shooter. He played with pace. He was the guy with the ball in his hand at times. He was a plus defender, and everything looked good with him. Now, once he's no longer in the picture, you've got to have an answer. Yes. That's your job as you, the front office. You just we can sit around and lament and put our head in the sand and say, if only, if only Lonzo hadn't gotten hurt. Now, I, I, I mean, it sucks, but you've got to have a response to that. And they've really had no response to Lonzo Ball being hurt. And one more, then we'll get to Waddle's world. Rick in Downers Grove, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Rick? Hey, guys. Well, two things. First, my dad always used to tell me, I'm sure he's heard this from someone, but I, I always quote him, most grief in life is self-inflicted. And as a Chicago sports fan, I, I, I just I, I can't help thinking of that quote every time I turn on the Bulls or the Sox. And it just, it's, it's depressing, can't leave. But that all being said, there was a call, I think, yesterday, I don't know if it was your, your guys' show, that mentioned the, the Sam Bowie um, with Portland Tra- Trailblazers is taking Sam Bowie instead of Michael Jordan. If they take Michael Jordan, do you guys think Jerry Reinsdorf is still the owner of the Bulls today? If, Por- even the if, if Portland takes Michael, uh, if Portland takes Michael and the Bulls never have the, the those championship runs because like, he inherited Correct. Michael. It's it's a great question. I don't know because I don't know if they're as profitable and they ever build the United Center and 
Like that, that, that's a, a set of history or like a different, what's that called where you butterfly go? Butterfly effect. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to live, I don't want to live I don't that. even want to think about it. Yeah, neither do I. I, uh, I guys, maybe though, maybe the Bulls draft Charles Barkley in that scenario. Sure, sure. Friend of the show, Charles Barkley. Is he still a friend of the show if he if he played here? <laughs> Alternate universe. Interesting. Hmm. I think Charles was destined to be a friend of the show. He's regardless going on of where in Philly was. all the time now. Instead, um, Rick, thanks for the phone call. Maybe but, in that scenario, Charles Barkley is a three-time NBA champion. Oh, and, and Michael Jordan's the analyst on TNT. And and Charles has a shoe. Yeah, maybe. Eric Chuck? Because you know why? I've been told organizations win championships. That's so right. had Barkley won multiple titles. And now is Chuck and Scotty fighting? Jesus, this Bears thing better work out. <laughs> I mean, come on. This better work out. Like, if, seriously. Like, uh, all right, seriously, what else are you going to, what are you going to cling to? What are you going to cling to if this Bears thing doesn't work out? We're so invested right, in this know. Bears thing working out. Well, the, like, the Cubs aren't going in the right direction. Cubs and the Bears. Okay. They're both sort of in the same spot, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, I mean the Cubs were above 500. They were. They peed down their leg at the end of the season, but okay. They were a winning team. Yeah. It's more than any other team in town. Ooh, the bar is low. It is. Very low. Let's get to Waddle's World. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Welcome to Waddle's World. Come inside. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. 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 Put a smile on your face. Waddle's World is brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. To find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash find us, member FDIC. Did you know that uh, everyone is going into the barber shops in Kansas City asking for the Travis Kelsey haircut? Is it really a Kelsey haircut? It's just it's described as the low skin fade or nearly bald on the sides and ever so slightly longer on the top. But that's been a hairstyle for years. I don't even know what his hair looks like, to tell you the truth. Is that weird? Uh, Let me see. I mean, it is. It, it, he's a handsome man. Oh, yes, he is. I mean, he's on the all-handsome team. He's, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. But I would say in terms of Hall of... Who's in your Hall of Fame handsome? Your handsome NFL? Tom Brady. He's in. Jimmy he G. Jimmy G's your backup. Let's go all well, is he heels. Is he your backup or is he your starter? Is he your go? Really? Wow, my God. I got jumped right there. I thought you Played set the bar there. Yeah, I, I, well, like... I thought Tom Brady. I mean, I, okay. I think it just depends on your, you know. I don't know what your look is, what your favorite look is. I, I, I would think, how about this? Can we agree that Tom Brady and Jimmy G are your quarterbacks for your all- Hall of Fame, all handsome NFL team? No? Yeah, I, I'm trying to think who else. But. So, if you. Okay, let's Tom talk Brady's, this through. Let's talk this through. Tom Brady's retired. Can we classify well, that's him? How Are you, we going all time? Yeah, because oh, yeah. I think if that's how you got to be in the Hall of Fame. You got to be out of the game. But well, I'm Jimmy including G's those that are still in. in. Jimmy yes. G's still, so that's I'm what I'm saying. Just my own rules up. Yeah. Whatever Again, I'm the rushing judge. I've got my own rules. 
So I'm asking you, who's in your NFL All Handsome Hall of Fame? This is such a weird game. Yeah. Well, I think we should all be comfortable with it. So, Todd, you would put Jimmy G ahead of Tom Brady? Yeah, I would. Okay. Uh-huh. How about you, Meller? Again, though, Jimmy G is active. Tom Brady. Oh, I, Jesus. I, I can have, you I'm just play the, the game? Here. You're play the game, Meller. Meller, it doesn't matter if you're dead. Okay? You could be dead. Yeah. Hank Stram is dead. If you want Hank Stram to be the head coach of your all-handsome team, I would question your, your whatever. But if you want somebody that's dead no, to Cliff, be involved. Cliff Kingsbury is coaching my all-handsome team. Okay. He's on the NFL. All right, now you're now you're all of a sudden now making okay, the rules. Okay, that's fine. He did coach. You're right. So Cliff Kingsbury's in. He's my head coach. He's, okay, he's your head coach. You can be dead or alive. You can be active or inactive. You can't be active if you're dead. So I think that these two things are kind of coming together now. I'm telling you, who's your tight end? For me, it's Travis Kelsey. What about Tony Gonzalez? Oh, that's a good one too. We're running it. We're going twelve personnel. Going twelve personnel. Tony Gonzalez is handsome as hell, and and Travis Kelsey. Who's your running backs? Modern Christian McCaffrey's probably you know fresh on the brain. Um, Saquon. He's pretty. Uh, you think devil. he's handsome? He's a handsome little devil. I think. <laughs> I think Roger Craig was probably handsome back in the day. Okay. I can't forget. Can't remember oh, him no, without no, the no, helmets. No, 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 OJ. No, I knew oh, you were going no, no, there. No, no, no. I knew you were you, going he, there. He can't make I, the team. I censored myself. He can't. Not. He oh, can't okay. make the team. Uh, okay. Yeah, he All right. He's not <laughs> allowed in their hall <laughs> of fame. Right. But if he hadn't OJ. done what he did, I mean, you would have to argue his handsomeness is. Yes, okay. but, but we're not allowing him in. Wait, wait, uh, okay, that's fine. The NFL, this, he's this is, in the NFL Hall of Fame, so don't make it sound like he isn't in somebody's he Hall was of Fame. In, he was inducted well before that time. And yeah. he's not this coming is, out. <laughs> and he's not. they're not taking him out. But I'm more than welcome to put that, that parameter in with our, this is our collective all-handsome NFL Hall of Fame team. I want you to tell me the defensive tackles. That's what I'm interested in. Dan Hampton? Okay. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's a handsome man. Come on. I mean, one, of them, go. one of the Bosa's. easier for you. Nick Bosa. Yerko. Yerko. Uh, the no. good kid. Yeah. Whoa. Sylvie. That's a, that's a homer play. Fred yeah. Warner's a handsome guy in the middle. Yeah. Put him next to, I think Brian Urlacher's a handsome man. Bald. With with, Don't with put that hair, hair on. Without, no, yeah. keep oh, the hair sans off. hair for hair. I'll tell you what. I think Peanut Tillman's a handsome guy. He'd be a cornerback okay. on my team. All right. Very local. It's I'm got just, a local flair. I'm just telling you. I'm running out of, like, handsome thoughts. But <laughs> about an anybody oldie else throwback? you want to add? Jason Seahorn as a cornerback? Jason Seahorn, okay. Tyler, you got any? Uh... What about Jason Taylor? Jason Taylor, yes. very handsome pass yes. rusher. Strong yes. play there. Yeah. Good. Oh, my God. Howie Long. How could I forget? How, How could, could I forget Howie forget? Long? I don't know. That's on you. Yeah. Did you have this plan for no, Waddle's no, World? I no today? idea. Travis Kelsey haircut. Like, I'm just saying, like, when you walk into a barber yeah. shop and say, can I get to Travis Kelsey? Like, that's not that's not anything unique. I mean, it's okay. Carmen that's, is suggesting Joe Namath. No, I, I never really thought Joe was, like, that handsome. He had the pizzazz and the panache. Yeah. But I didn't think... Overrated? He's on the I all overrated so. team? Yeah. Listen, for kickers... My late father-in-law is on that list. Oh, Gino Capaletti back in the day. Carmen would give. I bet you Carmen would give him a vote. 
Carmen knows he's a handsome, was Carmen a handsome man. Carmen would give him more than a Oh, vote. yeah. Probably so. I'm just saying, like, if you walk into a barbershop in Kansas City, I'll take the Travis Kelsey. Like, okay. Like, what is that? High and tight and a little bit longer on top? All right. Um, Miller, do you have the sound? Like, I thought this was really interesting for Andy Reid. Speaking of, of Travis Kelsey and... The, I guess Andy Reid, I believe he was talking to Jim Gray and, and Tom Brady. Yeah, this, this is courtesy it? of the Let's One Go of the handsome, Podcast. Yeah, I, Jim Gray, fine man, not the same handsome class as Tom Brady, but that's okay. They can be co-workers. But uh, there was a little story about how Andy Reid, he tells a story about how he knew Tra- uh, Taylor Swift before Jason Kelsey did. Or Travis Kelsey. Yep. Or Taylor Jason. Swift. And all that she brings with all of the Swifties and all of these young ladies and girls and fans of hers. And so now you're getting off a bus and not like just the Chiefs getting off the bus. It's a whole different deal. What's that been like for you, Coach? Yeah, listen, she's she's been great. Um, I knew her before uh, from Philadelphia. Her, her dad played at Delaware and was a big football fan and um, good guy. So I had met him there and her. And so... That was the last thing Trav wanted to hear that I knew her before him. You know, that, <laughs> she told him, "I know, I know your coach." And he went, "Oh, God, come on!" <laughs> so, um, but no, that listen, she she's a good girl, and and um, I'm happy for Trav. And it, there has been no distraction that way at all. And Trav's handled it right. She's handled it right, and we just move forward. So it, it's. Uh, it hasn't been a problem at all. I like to hear that. That they can they can handle football and this situation all at once and everything's gonna be fine. I wonder if Matt Nagy knows Taylor Swift's dad, because Matt I Nagy was, was also was wondering. Uh, a I Delaware just, football. I, I Googled player. it. So he was it seems like he's old could this possibly be right? Scott Swift, a nineteen seventy four business graduate? Yeah. Doesn't that seem like he's old much older than he How old's Taylor Swift? She's 30, right? Or is she 29? 35? I don't I think, think she's that old. Oh, she's no, 29 she's or 30, I think. Really? Is she? Is she in the mid-30s? So how old do you think Taylor Swift's dad needs to be? You think he'd be older than that? Taylor's 34. So that's what I thought. So you think he was, should be older than, than what he is? Well, if he graduated college in 74, that what means that he's... years later? He's, what, 672, right? No, he's like, or, no, he's like 50-ish. I think. No, 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 no. no, no, no. He graduated, he graduated in 70s. 71. I'm 52. I graduated in, in 89. Wait, so he graduated, I'm 57, graduated in 74. Right. We're 50 years past that. So Probably you're 22. about 22, so he's... 72? 72. Yeah. That can't be. That can't be. Did you think he was older or younger? Younger. Oh, I thought really? he'd be younger. Yeah. Does he have any brothers or sisters? By the way, this is such a random day. I was watching something. There was a a Jewel, you know, the singer, the old kind of country yeah, singer yeah. Jewel. Sure. So they were doing a roast of her for some reason. I was watching this video. Nikki Glaser was. Oh, was, she's and she's great. She called. She called so, her. She called her Trailer Swift. <laughs> it's so good. I sat and laughed for five minutes when I saw her when she said that. You know, kind of before her time. Oh, it was so funny. So funny. Uh, all right, anyway. By the way, uh, she does have one sibling, a younger brother, Austin, who's an actor. He can be whatever he wants. I mean, if, can you imagine if Taylor Swift called you 
And you were a producer at a, one of the major... Well, that's not the way you want to earn something. I hate to tell you there, mister, but life is... is this is how life goes sometimes. I'm not saying her brother's not tremendously talented. He may be a future award winner, Academy Award winner. I'm just saying it would help. I mean, she could open some doors for you, don't you think? Uh, well, I'm looking into his work right now. It looks like a lot of his work is in her music videos. Oh, She's just getting started, man. Don't be judgy. Don't be judgy. Don't be judgy. Don't be judgy. Did you see this sign? A Pizza Hut eatery in Ontario gained infamy online due to an unfortunate typo and a posted sign. The restaurant in Timmins, Ontario, posted a sign on its store that was meant to inform customers that the dining room would be closed due to unforeseen circumstances. But a spelling error or interference from an autocorrect led to it instead blaming unforeseen circumcisions. Oh, wow. So the sign on the door... Says Pizza Hut, we are closed because of unforeseen circumcisions. I was circumcised in a Pizza Hut. That's why they call me Pizza Man. That's why? Uh huh. They use the pizza cutter too. Okay. I don't. I don't know where to go with that. I'm not gonna lie. They call you Pizza Man because you were circumcised in a Pizza Hut. It's one of the many reasons. Pizza Hut was like, that's where the waddles, that was like, if we were going to celebrate something, we went to a Pizza Hut. I could still taste Not anymore. what a Pizza Hut tastes, uh, pizza, pizza tastes like. It's good. It's really good. Like, it's got like... The Just make sure that you don't cut your pizza with the same pizza cutter. Pizza Hut was great back in the day. Yeah, and, and I, we, I'd still eat it. I'd still, I'd still enjoy it. Uh, by the way, Novato Casinos won $1.43 billion from gamblers in the month of December. That is the highest gaming win in history. I'm not sure why. I just, I mean, obviously because gambling is probably more popular now than ever, ever before. Yeah, and more. But the casinos, what would have happened over the last month where the casinos would have won big? Did something like big... Something was expected well, to happen just, didn't happen, or just this is volume. We're just, just talking about yeah. Yeah. volume and inflation. Uh, you'd imagine. All right, I got some really fun stories, but it's time to go. When we come back, we'll do something called Florida or Ohio. Get ready to play the game that's sweeping the nation: public drunkenness, exotic animals, dumb criminals, random stabbings. Or maybe just some good old-fashioned debauchery. Ah. Everything's on the table. It's the Sunshine State versus the Buckeye State as we play Florida or Ohio. And as always, listeners, feel free to play along at home. Ready for a little Florida or Ohio? Yeah, I think so. Naked man gets caught stealing shirt from a church thrift store. Okay, it's a little, we, we amped it up a little bit from last time. Naked man gets what? Naked man gets caught stealing a shirt from a church thrift store. Look, he needs clothing. I, I, mean, think, like, I, I like, think that's a theft that you overlook, that you turn yeah, the other like, way. Get, give the naked man some clothing. My question would be, why is he going for a shirt and not some pants? According to the store clerk who told sheriff deputies that Michael DaCosta made no effort to cover his genitalia. Michael DaCosta. 
What, what do you mean? Else? Like what? He should have been walking in, like covering it up with his his, with his, his palms. Hands. Yeah. No effort. I think if you walk into a store naked, you're not worried about yeah. anybody seeing your twig and berries. Maybe he was flaunting. There's no reason. Like, I mean, was why? He, was he gifted? I, I don't know, but like. And then, first of all, how are you supposed to pay if you're naked? Fair I point. think he's just yeah. looking for Apple you know pay? something on you know you put, put it on la- layover. <laughs> oh, yeah, you were, right? Sure, you had a you had a cell phone. Sure, I will gladly yeah. pay. Yeah. Will gladly pay you on Apple Wednesday. Watch? Yeah. For a T-shirt on Tuesday, it was one of those Amazon stores where you or was it? What was the in, store? Yeah, out. yeah, it's Amazon or uh, I think there's some Whole Foods like that too. Isn't that one of the weirder looks too, where you're completely naked but still wearing a watch? Don't you think? Yes, you're completely naked but you're still wearing the watch. You don't think that's a weird look? Um, not as weird as just socks. I was going to say, the shirt yeah. Too. I stopped wearing a watch like 15 years ago. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Just stop wearing it. I am going Florida. It's uh, it's more uh, naked weather these days. Well, he needed a shirt because maybe it was cold. This is a church in Tallahassee. Okay. What was his name again? Michael DaCosta. I think Michael DaCosta's setting up shop and probably... Let's go Columbus, Ohio. He's a Buckeye fan. The Harbaugh in you. He's some kind of eye fan. Yeah, I'll go with Florida. It took place in a call of Florida. Running around naked in Columbus these days. Too cold. Too cold. That's why he's looking for a shirt. Can we get some more chaos with some of these stories going forward? <laughs> you don't well, like chaos? Him well, that wasn't chaotic enough a little for chaotic. you. Chaotic. Okay. Maybe if he like had meth hidden hidden somewhere. <laughs> okay, okay, never mind. We're going to hide talk. it when you don't wear pants. Oh, Barstool yes, Big Cat uh, joining us next. It's his birthday uh, week, I should say. Yesterday was his birthday. We'll ask him how it went, and he had a weird event that he's got to tell you about. Uh, and oh boy, it went badly for him on Sunday. So we'll need to comfort him. Barstool Big Cat in studio coming up next.